One of the thoughts that comes to mind every time the $15 minimum wage increase is brought up is the fact that by the time we're having this conversation, we're already behind where the new wage should be. It pains me to bring this up, but I've gone through more than one of these minimum wage increases. And so I wanted to share some thoughts. I wanted to share some thoughts about this issue. Currently, the city I live in, the city of Denver, has a minimum wage of $14.77. It will actually go up next year and be over $15. I thought it would be interesting to share my observations of what happened before we raised the minimum wage here and after. And by the way, the state of Colorado is currently at $12.32 for hourly and $9.30 for tipped workers here in the state. Are you a fan of the envelope system but are afraid of accidentally losing your cash? Cube Money is a digital envelope app that is FDIC insured and uses a paired debit card with the app. For the past five months, I've actually been testing out Cube Money and I am obsessed with it. I love it. I'm a huge fan. If you're trying to keep your money organized, Cube Money is a great resource to use. Definitely check it out in my show notes. By the time this episode is released, over 25 states will have rescinded the extended COVID minimum wage benefit. In the past five months, I've begun to hear or have heard the following statements. People are lazy. Workers don't want to work because they make more on unemployment. We need to force people to get back to work. It really makes me angry that people are using my tax dollars quote unquote, in a way that I don't agree with. And I always often think when they say that one, what, the one penny of your money in a massive pot of tax dollars that our fellow citizens also paid into, that money? Anyway, I bring these things up to say I'm getting sick and tired of hearing these comments. One of the things that I noticed before we raised the minimum wage in Denver was that businesses were really having a very difficult time hiring staff. They just couldn't find people to work when it was around $9 to $10 an hour. Now, mind you, this was before COVID. This was before extended unemployment benefits. Basically, businesses were really struggling to find people to work. Let's be clear. Denver's expensive. Working for $10 an hour just wasn't going to attract even part-time employees because it just, it wasn't worth it. After taxes were taken out and time factored in and dealing with bitchy Karens, it just wasn't worth it. And for those of you who may not realize this, people, regardless of their income, do factor in time versus money. How do I know? Because I've lived off of low income, low wage jobs before. I've had side hustles that were low paying and I had to let them go because once I factored in time, how the management was, like how was I being treated? How did they allow the clientele to treat me? What I felt like by the end of the day and just how I was treated by the clientele and all that kind of thing. Once I factored all of that in, sometimes it just really wasn't worth it. 
If the success of your business relies on paying labor so little that they find themselves in the position of needing to request benefits from the state, what is the point of the job for them? Like, why are they motivated to work for you? Have you ever thought about that? If you don't get paid time off, food, like not even a meal at work, vacation time or something else, why are you mad that people don't want to work for you? Basically, if you are a restaurant, but you're forcing your employees to pay for their meals, does that not seem weird to you? What's the benefit? If I work at a restaurant, I need you to feed me a meal. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. I don't think it's reasonable for you to be like, well, you know, you get 25% off. Are you serious? Think about this, people. Basically, just because you have what you feel is an opportunity doesn't mean that I need to perceive it as one or that I need to say yes to the opportunity that you are offering. I need to say that one more time. I need for the people in the back to understand this. Just because you have what you feel is an opportunity doesn't mean that I need to perceive it as one or that I need to say yes to it. When the higher minimum wage conversation heated up in Denver and the state of Colorado, a lot of people were were rightfully concerned about following. What would the impact be on the cost of goods and services? Would businesses be able to pay higher wages? Would the increase equate to needing more staff? As a person who's dependent on Starbucks jobs, retail, I've cleaned houses before, that one was gross. I want to dispel a couple of myths that I keep hearing from people, and it's really annoying. (laughs) Only teenagers are working minimum wage. If that's the case, who's manning the registers during the school year? Oh, and by the way, who are those cute little old people who greet you at Walmart, even though I've heard that they've faced that out? Only uneducated people are working these jobs. I want to say, regardless of education, okay, so what? That's none of your business. There are actually a lot of people in undergrad and graduate school working at Starbucks in particular and other spaces around your town. Why? Because they need flexible jobs. There are a lot of moms and dads out there who are looking for job flexibility because they have kids and they have they need flexible schedules so they can facilitate the things that you do when you have littles because kids have schedules too. By the way, not everyone is drawn to or interested in working in an office. For some people, it's their idea of health. In another lifetime, I would actually own a coffee shop and I would love to hire passionate baristas who are so passionate about coffee as a career. And all they want to do is talk about coffee and, and like do tastings. And we would travel to coffee growing regions as part of a bonus. And I would do that. That would be my thing. But you know what? There's some problems with having a business like this. And I'm going to bring some of these things up. However, Ultimately, I'm just really bringing all these things up to say I'm tired of the lack of respect for the the different types of work that people engage in. So what exactly happened after we changed minimum wage in Denver? Businesses adjusted. Interestingly enough, finding staff is still a challenge. It did get a bit better, but Denver's expensive city live in with those wages. 
I have recently seen, in fact, the day that I'm recording this, I don't know where I was, but I saw a uh, sign where they were looking for people. They look, they were looking to hire people and they were starting $20 or up. And I will say when I recently, several years ago, I had my last side hustle, which was as a brand ambassador. And part of the reason why that one worked was I was getting paid over 20 an hour. I think it was like 22 an hour because Denver's not cheap. So it just made sense. It was the best side hustle ever with the best team. And I'm still friends with these people, but it was 22, about $22 an hour. The wage increase has been phased in. So this is something that I don't know why people are confused about this. So when they passed the law, it was phased in over time because that's, that's how it works. Consumers and businesses ultimately get used to that increase or that wage as the norm. And in fact, what begins to happen is we are baffled by lower wages and other places across the US. Like we are completely baffled by it because we're so used to this being the norm. So what about minimum wage work during COVID? If I hear another person shaming low wage workers for using the unemployment benefit extension to better their lives, I will literally freaking scream and punch someone in the face. And seeing as I've never been in a physical altercation in my entire life and I've never hit anyone, that tells you how angry it makes me. I've actually seen the following comments on people that I know, social media, I've heard things and I'm over it. Comments such as, there's so many jobs open paying $15 or 22 or just there are so many jobs open. Why aren't people applying for them? Well, why aren't you applying for it? Like what, what, if you're so concerned about these open jobs, why aren't you applying for them? Hmm. Here's the thing in the U S we don't have the following. We don't have a mandated federal leave. We have a suggested two, two week or 10 business days off a year. Let's be clear. That's not enough time off in a year of 52 weeks. 365 days. Lots happening. Kids getting sick, needing to help your parents, needing to take care of yourself. That is not enough time. I used to live in France. I used to live in Paris. They have les vacances longues, which I think I'm saying wrong because it's been so long since I've been there. The point is at the end of summer, everyone gets about five to six weeks off. That's why you're told not to visit Europe or not to visit France in August because everyone's gone. They are gone. They are relaxing. They are recreating. They are enjoying their lives. Americans do not have that. We don't get it. We get shamed for taking vacation time. The vast majority of Americans have been overtaxed and paying into the federal pot their entire lives. However, we're shamed for wanting to rest. The unemployment extended benefit has allowed people to rest for the first time in their working lives. I've talked to people and they were like, we were so tired and we got to rest and it was everything. I've talked to people who are much older than me and they're like, we've never had time off like this before. And it was amazing. And they look amazing. They look rested. We're shamed for wanting to rest. I'm not a fucking machine. I guess I said the F-bomb. There is a reason why I quit my job in at the end of 2014. I just was done. I was like, this isn't working. This is not how I'm supposed to live. This is not okay. And even though 
it has not always been easy. That was the best decision I ever could have made for my health, my sanity, and professionally, to be honest. We're shamed for doing minimum wage work here in the United States. People do not respect people regardless of where they are from, the walk of life that they're in. There's just a general lack of respect. Do you know why I get so much free stuff? I bet you don't, you know, I've, I've alluded to this before <laughs> in previous episodes. I get a lot of free things, like, like to the point where my friends think it's hilarious. I've gotten free stuff in France too, which is hard to do. You know why? Because I treat people with dignity and respect, regardless of where they work, their, their station in life, because by the grace of God, go you and I. I have walked in other people's shoes. I've had hard times. I've had good times. I don't take any of it for granted. Okay. I am no better than anyone else. I will not treat people badly. I remember their names. I remember what they tell me. I, I, you know, like I care about humans because we're all in this together. When I think about the extended unemployment benefit and the fact that it's going away now for a lot of people, this may be the only opportunity in the United States in particular, out of Western countries, that many people get to rest during their entire working lives, like really rest. And that's something to think about. For some American citizens, this past year gave them the opportunity to uplevel their lives, to pay off debt to change their jobs and leave one industry and move into another and take their time to do that. So they didn't have to say yes to anything that just came along because they were desperate. And I've been that person, okay, in the past. They could say no to the opportunity that you're offering. A lot of you guys are surprised that your workers don't want to come back to you. Maybe that's something that you need to reflect on as an employer. People also have the right, the right, to mess up the opportunity presented during this moment in time. I need to say that again. They have the right to mess up the opportunity presented during this moment in time. If they have access to opportunities, because not everyone does. For some people, COVID-19 and the pandemic and the lockdowns has basically dropped a nuclear bomb into their financial lives. They may be emotionally paralyzed with fear and unsure what to do next. And quite honestly, having experienced a situation like this before, I have a lot of empathy for them. Or before COVID even hit, they may have been so far behind that right now they're barely keeping their head above water. When I started working on this episode, I also thought about how women ended up in the workforce during World War II. The men were at war. Employers and the government had to employ women to get work done. And in fact, when I was researching everything, it looked like women were almost at 50% in terms of being in the, the workplace at that time. And that's just something to think about. You know, that's just very interesting. Basically, there was this huge event that changed everything. The other time I think about in terms of U.S. history is after slavery. 
Slavery was abolished, except for in Texas. We're about to experience Juneteenth, or rather the Texans decided not to tell the slaves anything about being freed for two years. And that's why Western people like myself in Colorado and people in Oklahoma and Texas and whatever, anyway, that's why we celebrate Juneteenth. My point is, after slavery was abolished, slave owners had to rethink their business model. And that business model depended on free labor. And it's interesting to me that this low wage labor is like this thing that people just feel like should be the norm. We should never move beyond it. And as a person who's related, the descendant of former slaves, I'm going to push back on that. I'm going to push back on that. Is it any wonder that employers are clinging to low minimum wage as a way to get work done? They're really sold on this as a business model. But it's not sustainable in the long term for people or the businesses that they work for. And for those of you who are like, well, if you raise prices, the robots are going to replace people's jobs. The robots and AI, artificial intelligence, that's coming no matter what. No matter what, it's already here. In Denver, we have a grocery store. Excuse me. We have a small market called Choice Market, and it functions just like that Amazon market that they've been testing out where you have an app, you walk in and your app does everything and you walk out. It's already here. People's jobs are being replaced regardless of whether or not they demand a living wage in this moment in time. There's a reason why people have begun to seriously push for conversations about universal basic income, but most people aren't ready for that conversation yet. And that's not today's podcast. Why do I share all of this in a show about the potential of raising the minimum wage to $15 to make it clear that by the time we're having this conversation, we're already behind where the minimum wage should actually be. It's also very clear that there's a large segment of the population that believes if the minimum wage is increased to $15, it will go into effect immediately. That was one of the things I found very puzzling, actually, is people were talking like, if today it was passed, then tomorrow everyone had to raise the prices to 15. It didn't make sense. You guys, use your brains. It's phased in over time. It's phased in over a number of years. It always has been. I have lived through federal minimum wage increases and they phase it in over time. To illustrate that there is a bigger issue, the reason why I'm doing this episode, to illustrate that there's a bigger issue on a federal level and a problem with how we think about access to affordable childcare and anything connected to the care of children. I would like to have children, but they're freaking expensive. I love kids. I didn't when I was younger, <laughs> but I love them now. I really do. But you know what? Having kids in America is a it's a pain in the ass. It's expensive. It is it is very expensive. We don't jo have job flexibility. There's just a lot of headwinds that American parents have to deal with that you don't see in other countries. And after living in France, where they really are people focused and family focused, it really makes me reluctant to have kids here. And I have other reasons too, but we, we're not going to get into that in this episode. General leave mandates and the lack of federal leave law. That is a problem. <laughs> okay. Americans don't take time off. And then we go insane. You know, we lose our minds. We need to care for ourselves. But as a society, we're taught not to. Access to health care that is not tied to work. 
on a federal level, this is like, this is problematic. This is why people, you know what? I've thought about this over time. I would not be able to do what I'm doing now if President Obama hadn't pushed for the Affordable Health Medical Care Act. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Really, because U.S. employers are very invested in keeping people working for them and having health insurance tied to to work. They really are. They're not motivated to have access outside of work. Why? Because that means you're dependent on an employer. People like me are a problem for the system. We just are. We just are. So I'm going to finish up by asking a few questions. Why wouldn't people working for minimum wage make the same considerations that people earning more would about what they do, specific to time versus income, benefits, flexibility, and their personal safety and autonomy? I feel like throwing up a little bit in my mouth when I say the following, but isn't leading with self the thing that Ann Rand would do? In fact, are you just mad that low-wage workers aren't doing what's best for you versus what's best for them? Would you work for $7-ish an hour if it didn't move the needle for you in your life? Would you work for 15 if it didn't move the needle for you in your life? Especially during a freaking pandemic when you can't get your kids to school because there's no childcare. You guys, I need, I mean, my listeners are smart, but seriously, I got to ask these questions because I got to wonder. Life is short. Is putting up the bullshit worth it? It's clear that businesses need you just as much as you need them. How much, how should one leverage that knowledge to one's benefit? And the most difficult question to ask, and I wish people would ask this more, Where did those almost 1 million souls killed by COVID work? No one is asking that question. Did you ever think that the impact of of losing 600,000 plus human beings who lived, worked, and played in our country would have on the workplace? Where were they working? Think about that. Isn't entrepreneurship like the Hunger Games? What happens happens, only the strong survives. Does this mindset change when it's your business that might not survive? Just a question. Colorado was smart to change the minimum wage because no one wanted to work for peanuts. The lack of applicants for available positions across the United States is a sure sign of that. States may be actively rescinding unemployment benefits, but they may have forgotten a couple of things. Employees now know their worth and will act accordingly. Many people have been able to build breathing room within their finances. That breathing room gives people options. Even though you want to force their hand to do a thing that benefits you, they may have started something else. The statistics on Black women going into business for themselves, that tells me something. That tells me something. I feel like that's that's a whole nother podcast episode too. But that tells me something about having autonomy over your decisions, over your time, over your money. I'm going to have my best month ever this month. It is June 3rd as I record this episode. And I already know with the cash coming in, I'm having a record month. I would never have earned what I'm going to earn this month 
if I'd stayed in my other job. I never would have gone to Telluride, Colorado for the last week to work from there and relax and soak in the hot tub every night if I'd continued for, you know, working the way that I was. And American workers right now have an opportunity and they're smarter than you think and they've, they're ready to leverage this time. So for those citizens who are opting to rest, to look for new jobs, or if you want to squander this opportunity, if it's an opportunity available to you, that's your choice. You've paid your taxes and it's none of my business what you choose to do. For the rest of you shaming people for not accepting what you think they should, your snobbery is showing. Thank you for listening to this episode. I would love to know what your thoughts are on the $15 minimum wage increase. Let me know. Definitely share your thoughts with me on social media, on Twitter, and I hope that you're having a great day.